Welcome to Through a Handler's Eyes. I'm Jo Hilda and I'll be interviewing assistance dog handlers Australia-wide. We won't be discussing legalities or training methods, just the journey of the human and their dog. Just a note, throughout this broadcast, Jo refers to Jihad. She's referring to the Queensland Government Guide Hearing and Assistance Dog Act. Today, I welcome assistance dog handler Jo and her dog Ice. Um, jo is from Queensland and she's an owner trainer with the support of an organisation. How are you going, Jo? Good, thanks. It's lovely to have you here. Um, when did you get your first assistance dog? Um, 21 years ago, I think. Oh, and how many have you had in that time? Three. And have you owner trained all of them? Or yes, yes. And uh, always with support or on your own at times? Um, the first one was on my own. The second one was um, with a, through an organisation because it um, wasn't long before Jihad was going to start up. Mm. And the third one is again um, with an organisation. Yeah. Um, so, in the first instance, what influenced you to get an assistance dog to start with, your very first dog? Uh, mainly because I came out of a nursing home into a home by myself and. I had no one to live with, no family, so I needed help. And when my dogs came back to live with me, they just sort of assessed the situation and instead of doing what they were trained for beforehand, they sort of really just went into assist mode and helped me whenever I asked for it and we, I just went from there. Oh, so they have, your relationship with them must have been really good for them oh, to yeah. be able to do that. Yep. Um, so tell us a bit about the dog you have now, Ice. Ice? Yeah. Ice would have to be the most stubborn German Shepherd I've ever met. We didn't yeah. love each other at all for the first three years, I don't think. <laughs> but once she matured, she settled down and, yeah, she's great now. But um, before that, yeah, oh, we had some wars oh. when it comes to training. <laughs> oh, well, that's part of life, isn't it? Oh, it when is, you yeah. Owner yeah. Training. Um, so where did you get her from? Um, she was with from my partner breeder. We breed um, black German shepherds mm-hmm. and she came from... Um, one of her bitches to her import dog, yeah. But she has the temperament to do assistance work? Oh, yeah, yeah, fantastic. Mm. And um, it, obviously you breed German Shepherds, so that's you've always had a love for them? Uh, yeah, I got my first German Shepherd actually when I was in the Air Force. Yeah. And it was sort of ended up being the mascot of our hangar. So um, when I got out, it, of course, came with me. And, yeah, I've just 
loved them ever since. I have had bred Rhodesian Ridgebacks too, but now that when I ended up in the wheelchair, I had to stop pretty much breeding anything. Yeah. Um, but I still occasionally breed the Shepherds. Okay, so how uh, is ice with your wheelchair? Doesn't even worry about it. She just got so used to it from when she was a baby, from eight weeks. Um, yep, doesn't worry about it. She um, walks beside it, in front of it, behind it, whatever, doesn't flinch. I've run her over a couple of times, but she doesn't seem to mind. <laughs> it's hard, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. Yeah, They're it is. quicker and you're not quite as quick off the mark. Yeah, well, so we, tell it. Yeah. we walk. Um, I don't sleep very well, so we walk very early in the morning um, and I have two shepherds beside the chair and, yeah, I don't have a problem. Um, so tell us a little bit about your journey with her. You said, you said you, you, she's a bit stubborn. Mm. Um, how did how have you gone in this three years with um, when you got her and and any um, you know when, when I, you take uh, her out in public? Just yeah, give me a bit about. I the used journey. to take her out when she was a, a puppy. I'd take her out with my other assistance dog, um, Caddy, the one before her, and Caddy was fantastic. She. She used to um, give Ice a hard time if she'd done the wrong thing mm-hmm. um, and she'd always correct her if she'd done the wrong thing. So that made it an awful lot easier for me because as far as Ice was concerned there for about the first 12 months, humans were there to feed her. That was it. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> um, she, she was such a nag, fair dinkum. Um, and But... Whatever you trained her to do and asked her to do, she'd do. But, boy, you got filthy looks the whole time. And I've never seen a dog be able to throw a towel like she could. Oh, really? Yep. Instead of just placing it on your lap. Nope, she had that down to a fine art. Especially if she was asleep and you called her to help you. Yeah. But, oh, look, I love it a bit now. We get on so well now. Yeah, I think relationships take time, don't oh, they? Oh, they take time to build, yeah. yeah. Especially when you're doing what we do with our dogs, you know? Yeah, that's right. So what's the best thing about having an assistance dog? You've always got someone to talk to. But don't talk back too much. No. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're there. You know you've got help right there if you need it. And, you know, you've just got a companion that's going to wander around with you, you know. It's um, yeah. good companionship. How, When you got your first dog, how did your friends or family react to you um, having an assistance dog? Well, Vandal was six years old when she became my assistance dog. She was, between her and me, we retained her to do stuff like that when beforehand she used to do obedience trials um, and shutsen work. Yeah. Protection work. Um, but of course, she only did that when she was told. So, but she was really easy to train. But people thought it was pretty weird at first. No one had ever seen anything like that around here. 
So it took a bit of people getting used to and I had to go to the council to um, introduce the idea to them to yeah. be allowed around town. But after that, yeah, things got really good. Um, I didn't have a... Uh, a problem really taking her anywhere here. They were all pretty good. But once sort of jihad came in, it made it a lot simpler, of course. Yeah. Um, did did you lose any friends or anything? Because oh, when I ended up in the wheelchair, I lost a lot of friends. Yeah. Because I, I couldn't do anything anymore to help them out. So that was the end of them. So you really found out who your friends were. But yeah, I think I think uh, sometimes illness and injury brings that out. Oh, yeah, and they um, – I think 80% of people think that if you're in a wheelchair, your brain's gone too. Yes, I can identify with that, absolutely. that's the worst thing I hate about going out is the way people tend to look at you and treat you. Do you have people offer unsolicited help? Oh, yeah. Yep, every now and then I've had that. But usually um, they usually stay clear of you because you've got the dog. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I've had people, you know, I'll, I'll be getting my dog to pick something up off the floor and they'll rush in and do it, you know, and I feel like boxing them. But anyway. Um, you yeah. know, then I explain to them that, you know, it's the dog's job and that's what she loves doing. She'll get rewarded for it and you've just taken the reward off her. So that makes them feel a bit guilty. Yeah, I think I think education helps a lot. Yeah, um, yeah. I know we done, um, when Jihad was coming in, they come and done a lot of photography with me and Caddy and what we were doing to put it on the trains and stuff like that um, to introduce people properly to assistance dogs. Oh, that's really good. So you've had some influence in that area. Yeah, yeah. And I'm at present waiting to um, get my licence as an assistance dog trainer. Lovely. That'll be interesting to see if I get it or not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what through uh, through um, the Queensland government? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what is what would be you would you say is the worst thing about having an assistance dog apart from the disability itself? When I have to leave her because I've got to go to hospital or something like that. Mm. Trying to think that she's going to be okay and that she can find someone to look after her. That knows why she's doing what she's doing and that has the time to bring her up to see me so yeah. as she knows where I am. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I'm very blessed. I have I live out in the bush, but I have uh, a local um, lady who has a kennels and my dog loves her, so it, I asked her and she will come and get him if something happens to me and oh, so good. I know he's safe. And that takes a pressure off me. Oh, it does, um, yeah. It must be very difficult if you don't have someone. 
no, to, you know, to help you that way. Yeah, you got to find a house sitter, and I because I'd rather they stayed at my house than went to someone else's house. Yeah, and that, or otherwise, um, my local kennel um, will come and pick them up. Yeah. So my boy goes out there for grooming and playing. Oh, okay. I, I take him out there for the whole day, mm. so he can then. Especially at the moment with the with the uh, corona stuff going on, he hasn't had as much socialisation and dog on dog play, um, and so I've take him out there. So he loves going out there, even staying overnight. So I'm quite happy to do that. So I am really blessed in that regard. I can truly understand how difficult it would be because it's like leaving your, your babies with a stranger. Well, that's right, yeah. Yeah, you know, um, and, and they don't know if they do the wrong thing, you know, that it can set your dog back. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, again, I'm lucky. She's actually a dog trainer too, so she understands. It's oh, great. That's good. Yeah. Um, so in a previous conversation, you told me that you only have one arm. How do you manage that with the wheelchair? And the dog and public perception. How does that work? <laughs> it gets for you? very interesting. Um, yeah. I tell had, us a bit about that. I had a um, when that accident happened in the Air Force in '79. Um, I lost quite a bit of use of my arm, and over the time until '97, I'd lost bits and pieces of it. You know, and till when I lost the lot in 97, um, I'd sort of got used to, I guess, not using it before then, but when I ended up without it, uh, you realise just how much you used to use the rest of your arm, you know? Yeah. But yeah. Um, I find out in, in public, um, what was that? I find out in public that um, I'm usually in my power checks. That way, at least I can get around. Yeah. Um, that was supplied to me by the state government because DVA wouldn't supply me with a power chair. They gave me a manual wheelchair with one arm. Now you figure that one out. Yes. It's ridiculous, but anyway. But I ended up getting a an electric chair which makes things a lot easier because it was my right arm I lost. So, um, but my dog's sort of, uh, she knows when I, like, trying to get a coat on or off, she's there straight away to pull it off that arm and whatever. Yeah. Um, and things like that. Sometimes I think she knows me better than I know what I'm doing myself, but. Oh, I think you're probably right there. Yeah. yeah. They, they, um, my, both my dogs that I've had would nag me and this one still day nags me if I don't go to bed at a reasonable hour because I then start to twitch and carry on. Yeah. And it's like, no, you're overtired, go to bed. Yeah. <laughs> so they do, don't they? They know oh, they you do. better yeah. than you know they, yourself. They know what you should be doing. Yeah. Now, um, what would... Would there be a piece of advice that you would give someone who's just at the beginning of their journey who that you might have liked to have had at the beginning of yours? A piece of advice for, what, having a dog? 
Yeah, for having an assistance dog. Do your research before you even think of getting a dog. Um, look at your look at your your breeds and what you think you you need yourself. Whether you have um, a um, disability, physical disability like me, or a mental disability, you have to take everything into consideration to get the dog of your choice. But you also have to get a dog that you know is going to work. Yeah, that's suitable for you. And that will bond to you. Like there's no use getting a breed that doesn't bond because you won't get anywhere with them. And there's Mm. a few American breeds in now that just don't bond at all. They're very aloof dogs. Yeah. As people have found out. But yeah, I um when people approach me after a a shepherd because that's what they want for an assistance dog, I put them through the ringer, I'm afraid, to see if it's what no, they really good. want. Well, that's good as a breeder too because um it's People need to look at their own lifestyle as well because oh, even, even if you have a disability, if you've mm. always been a person that um, even in a wheelchair that's been out and about twice a day going for miles and miles of walk or whatever, yeah, walk that, and training, that's yeah. a different dog mm. to someone like me who's fairly low energy, um, you know. Yeah. Um, so you really need to, don't you, look at your lifestyle and, you've and, really got to look and you at might your look at a dog and think, Beautiful. Mm. I love that dog. There's a lot of work going on. But it may not suit. It may not it may not suit your lifestyle, your family. Yeah. And your needs as a as an assistance dog. Because Mm. you've got to take all those things into account. Oh, you do, and and a lot of people don't. You know, they set their heart on this particular type because that's what they've seen, not realizing just how much work they've got to put in to have that particular breed, you know? And if you're a person that lays around the house all day, you do nef- definitely don't want a working dog. No, that's right. You've got to, even though I think um, that I I prefer to look at individual dogs, you still have, than, than the breed themselves, but you still have to take into account that, okay, this dog was bred from a working line, not a show line, so it's more energetic, it's got more all of those things, don't yeah. you? You've got to, mm. and and then take that into account, and then see the individual. Like there are plenty of shepherds I know that would just quite happily lay around all day. Oh yes, but yes. but they love to go. They're too. the exception. That's right. And so you've got to look at all of those things, don't you? Mm. Now, what has been your biggest challenge in your journey from? 20 years ago to now with your assistance dogs? Oh, biggest challenge. Probably travelling. Um, In what way? Getting the acceptance of places you may stay that have, like some of them have never heard of an assistance dog when no. I used to travel. Um, getting the acceptance that, you know, the dog should be with you and all that sort of stuff, getting the dog trained to fly on a plane, um, 
trains and all that sort of stuff, you know, like a train ride for 14 hours and yeah, there's so many different things to do with travelling that you've got to get the dog up on, you know, even sitting in the car for eight hours, you know. Yes, that's right. I'm a traveller too, so I understand. I, I do travel in my car, but um, it's not because not all dogs like cars either. Oh, I've been no, very blessed again. Right. But, you know, I know um, of an assistance dog puppy that I don't know whether they'll make it because they vomit every time they get in the car. So it's really difficult. Yes, I know. Mm. I know. Um, so does your dog have its own Facebook or Instagram page? No, no. Okay. I don't get enough time for that stuff. Oh, well, that's good. Some people do and I like to promote them if they want to want to um, mm. do that. Um, thank you very much for chatting to me again and um, I've really enjoyed this. Oh, I hope I've been of some help. Oh, absolutely. Everyone's story is different and yeah. every someone could get something out of everyone's story. That's right, yeah. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. If you've got any questions or you would like to be a guest, email me at eyes at gmail.com. Bye. <laughs>